Hi, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Page. And in this show, we'll explore topics of sustainable living, all aspects of health and wellness of people and planet, and how we're all interconnected. Join us on this journey to live better and more sustainably by improving our health, our families, and the world with the choices that we make. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I'm thrilled to be here, and I have a really exciting guest. This is Daniel Devon, and he's an internationally recognized EMF expert. So we're going to go all about what EMF radiation is, EMF shielding, EMF-related health issues, and he has a special focus on the effect of the exposure from mobile devices, laptops, tablets, cell phones. And Daniel's concern regarding the health impact of EMF emissions grew from over 30 years of engineering experience in telecommunications. So what's so exciting is he has the information from the other side, bringing it to this side. And it was an industry where you had a lot of different executive positions and worked in a lot of different areas from AT&T, who's my carrier, Bell Labs, and and more. And then the author of the book, Radiation Nation, The Fallout of Modern Technology. And he is the CEO of Defender Shield, and it is a world leader in EMF radiation protection solutions. So very excited to have you here, Dan. And uh, I can't wait to jump into this conversation with you because we were just talking and it is so pertinent right now with technology moving so fast and the installation of 5G coming out at you. So welcome, welcome. We're, you're coming to us from uh, uh, Florida. Where are you? I am. Uh, thank you inviting, for inviting me, Tiffany. I really appreciate you giving me a buzz and asking me to chat with your your listening audience. I enjoy chatting about these kinds of things, and I think we're going to have a very interactive discussion today about this subject matter. It's, it is pertinent. There's a lot of things going on in this space, and we, we all should sort of have an understanding of it to some extent because we are the des- architects of our own destiny, and we have to sort of control the environments we live in. Absolutely. So before we get started, I just want to definitely mention that I am definitely pro-technology in the sense of, you know, this cell phone is probably in my hand most of the day. (laughs) And, you know, I've got my laptop, I've got my iPad. So I have all of those technologies and I embrace them. I mean, they've done so much for modern technology and the modern world and bringing us together and giving us information. So what I wanted to go into is you know, what it is that EMF is, electromagnetic frequency and electromagnetic radiation. So you might see here EMF, EMR. And it's not about not using these things. I mean, sure, there's some people like, you know, I'm not going to have Wi-Fi in my house. I mean, that's not very realistic, depending on what line of work you're in. So it's really about what can you do to protect your health and um, make sure that you're not being harmed in any way from these frequencies. So with that, I guess we'll go into a little bit about your background. If you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll go into, you know, what EMF is. Tiffany, I I actually uh, developed digital standards for the telecommunications networks, as well as analyzed technologies, all the at most advanced telecommunications technologies that were being deployed over the years. So I had a, a lot of experience in doing the standards, um, implementing technology. For example, I always worried about how one piece of electronics would interfere with another piece of electronics because that crosstalk 
can actually disrupt the communications of others. So I was really worried about those kinds of things. But believe it or not, Tiffany, I never worried about the human being influenced by these technologies. And and so a little story, my wife was, my sons were visiting, they're adult men. They were visiting for like 12 years ago or so. And my they had their laptops on their laps. And my wife says, I want grandchildren after about three or four hours. And I said to my wife, look, I understand the technologies that's being, that are in these laptops. And there's no way an RF signal can be interfering with the male sperm count. That's just not the case. I don't believe it. But then I thought about it a tiny bit. I had done lots of research in my business anyway. So I started looking at the the medical community side. And I was sort of surprised, even at that time, science knew that after about three or four hours or so, the male sperm would be disrupted and typically immobile, 25% of it. And I said, that's crazy. How come I didn't know that? No one knew that in general, right? So, and and think of this, uh, Tiffany, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, none of this electronics was around us. And all of a sudden, we started having all this stuff around us really, really close, and it's impacting our health. In the meantime, I, like you, want to use my cell phone. We all want to try to live in the environment with the, the advances of technology. And the trick is sort of know what's going on around you and sort of manage that environment you live in and you'll be fine. That's great. I wonder how your wife had that intuition. Like what made her think that the laptop on the lap could cause an Mothers, issue? Mothers, <laughs> they, they, have, they, they have these intuitions, which was, and it a was A wise really, woman. <laughs> she was, and she was, so, she was social sciences college, right? And so like she had no engineering background, but she intuitively said, that can't be good for you. And boy, was she right. And that was actually the start of our journey in trying to understand this environment we now live in and trying to think about what are the things we can do to to live within that environment and, and minimize exposures so we remain safe with all these technologies around us. I never really sat with my laptop in my lap. I'd always have it on a table in front of me. And you do have a, a device that blocks the technology. I do. But I did have a friend. <laughs> she... She was in her bed working on, you know, on her laptop and she was having her, her ladies day. She was having cramps and she kept the laptop. She liked the warmth of the laptop on her feminine area. I was like, oh my gosh, you have to take that off. You can't use that as a heat warmer. That's so dangerous. Right. Absolutely. In fact, uh, Tiffany, it it turns out that at the same time we knew that roughly 25% of the male is immobile as a direct result of a laptop on their lap, 2% of females get a tumor, typically non-cancerous tumor, but a small portion of that becomes tumorous. And so like it's both male and female, and it's simple. It's soft tissue. You'll hear about soft tissue in the groin area for both men and women, in the breast area for women, and the front lobe in the head. The heart, there, there are certain parts of the body that seem more exposed than others, and there tends to be more problems with those parts than others. So we'll talk a little bit about that if you'd like. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's just get down. Let's do like a basic, like 101. So, okay. you know, the EMF, the EMR, and then also the fact that your device 
I don't know what the technology term is, but, but it holds one that more than one spectrum, like because you've got Wi-Fi, you've got Bluetooth, and then you've got the electromagnetic frequency. So let's a little bit of, of what that all is. Let's lay that all out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start by sort of talking about the spectrum itself. When when you go and you went went to the dentist and they they put a piece of film inside your tooth and they brought this big machine next to you and took a shot of that tooth, that was an X-ray. You'll notice that they put a heavy, actually it's lead apron on top of you. They ran to the other room and they looked out the window after they pushed it to make sure you were still there. The reason why there was so much caution about those x-rays is because it's an ionized signal. When an ionized signal immediately disrupts the electron rotating around the neutron of the cell. So the reason why when you have an x-ray or a gamma ray or any of those kinds of rays, everyone thinks it's really, really dangerous is because it has enough energy to knock the electron out of that rotating, uh, electron rotating around neutron. So- that's ionized radiation. Then there's non-ionizing radiation. That's the stuff that's radio frequency stuff, microwave signal stuff. It's all much lower, much lower speeds. And when we talk about cell phones, for example, we talk about the amount of cycles they get transferred at. And they talk about it in, in terms of uh, uh, gigahertz. One hertz is one cycle in one second. If you're looking at a wave in the ocean and it's going to go one wave, that's one cycle in one second. That's a hertz. When you have a cell phone, it's one billion cycles per second that's being transmitted from the cell phone. So think about my finger. You got a little ball and it keeps on opening, 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 opening until it goes five miles away to a cell tower. That's a omnidirectional signal. That's a radio frequency signal that's connecting you from your cell phone to the cell tower. It is omnidirectional. It goes in all directions. And it's one billion cycles per second. It's moving really, really fast. So when we talk about RF signals, we talk about uh, signals that move pretty quick. It's also, by the way, a microwave. When, when, when you use a microwave, which I don't, but if you use a microwave oven, neither. yeah, you don't want to use a microwave necessarily if you don't need to. But when you put a piece of meat inside a microwave and they turn microwave on, it actually heats up the water between the cells. The cells oscillate, heat up, and that's how you cook your meat. Well, that's a microwave at 2.3 gigahertz, 2.3 billion cycles per second. And guess what? Your Wi-Fi is 2.4 gigahertz, 2.4 billion cycles per second. So what's happening is when you use an RF signal or you use a Wi-Fi, you're using a microwave signal and it can heat up whatever it touches. And the power level of a microwave is like you, you buy a thousand watts microwave, right? And that's, and that's how it cooks it. With a cell phone, it's 1.6 watts. It's much, much lower power, but it is still a microwave signal. And so you need to be aware that what you're using to communicate can potentially disrupt cells of your body. Yes. 
Well, the microwave, you know, just changing the structure of the food. And I've had debates with people about that as well. So I never really cooked food in it. I just, you know, heated things. And now I'm like, well, I just, I'll use other other ways to do it. So a little toaster. Oven, right. Little- T- Tiffany, what happens is when you, when you heat up a, a cell too much, it becomes a carcinogenic. And, and that's really why you got to be careful. If you cook it a little bit too much, it actually becomes dangerous for you to consume it. And that's why microwaves are, can potentially be dangerous to your health. Well, I don't miss it. It's out of the house, never using it. <laughs> I don't but the it. cell phone and the Wi-Fi and all that's a little bit harder. And, you know, we've, right. we've obviously really kicked it up a notch recently. And, and um, you know, I, I just got a new phone recently and I got, I went from a iPhone um, 10 to the 12 and I wanted the 11 and I wanted the 11 because it was not equipped with 5G. So even if 5G came around, my phone wasn't you know able to to use it. So I, I liked that. I don't want 5G. That that I didn't want because I don't need it. My speed is just fine, and I, I'm good without it. But it, they they stopped making the 11 when the 12 came out. It was very hard to get the 11 Pro Max, and I thought that was so interesting. Why is that? And they were pushing the 12 and pushing the 12, and they were giving all sorts of great deals for the 12. And I'm with AT and T, and it had said, well, you have to pay extra for 5G. So as long as you don't pay extra you don't get the 5G. And I thought, hmm, okay, okay, fine. I got the 12. And then I got a text that came and then disappeared. And it said, we're giving 5G to you for free. And so now my phone is equipped to it. I don't even know how to turn it off if it's even able to turn it off or it's just in the phone now. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about what that is that actually at t gave you uh, in 5G. I'm glad we talked about the gigahertz already because that it's sort of important in this conversation is that mm-hmm. almost all the 5G you hear from from all the carriers are below 6 billion cycles per second. That's not very fast. 2.4 gigahertz in 5.0 Wi-Fi, right? They're already fairly fast and all the by and large all the 5G services are below that. Actually, they go down to 600 megahertz, which is much, much slower. So it's really not anything they're introducing that hasn't been around for a long time. We know there is a lot of concern because this is just more technology in our space. But remember, we know a lot about the speed, the 4G and below. The really the controversy lies in what happens above six gigahertz. There, they are. There is a part of five G definition is really, really high, high bandwidth to your home, and you can handle up to streaming media services, and you don't need cables, and it's going to be this five G. That's much faster speeds. It's twenty three gigahertz. 23 billion cycles per second. All of a sudden, where you were down at one to two gigahertz, now you're all of a sudden at 10 times that speed. That's where there's the controversy. It's in what they refer to as the small cell sites. They're the ones that are directly in front of your house. They're the ones that can't transmit more than 750 feet. And they're the ones that are transmitting at, now listen, somewhere between 40 and 100 Watts. Remember, I said a cell phone's one dot six watts. This is like yes. Orders the magnitude higher watts. So science and research are concerned that it's the small cell site 
that's transmitting at much higher rates and much higher speeds that are, are more concerning. But the kind of stuff you're hearing about today is not really much different than the stuff you've already had in our environment for the last 10 years. Well, that's good to know, but it's, you right. know, if you think about where we're going. So like you said, it's six gigahertz. And I thought, I thought I read something that, you know, the goal is to move to like 300 gigahertz. Like I, no, it, it's without even to, knowing to, anything, just that number just seems so outrageous. It's it, it, 300 gigahertz for 5G. It's 900 gigahertz for 6G, which they're already working on. Right. So yeah, it is much faster, much, much faster and we just simply don't know anything about what will happen to our environment. There's, we, we don't have any time to do any research. Who, if someone tells you you're fine, they do not know what they're talking about because there's no studies that's been done on these speeds. It's wild. I did I flipped through C-SPAN a few years ago and there was a, a hearing happening and it was with a telecommunications company and they were asking questions about the safety of this and they they said it was safe, but they didn't really know, and there weren't any tests. But just based on what they know now, it's safe. Right. But- that is not right, as you right. know. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it turns out that up to 4G, there's been lots and lots of research about being concerned about what the impact is of these signals, one, two, five gigahertz that are in our environment, and what it does to the human body. There's been thousands and thousands and thousands of studies. In fact, I'm not sure you've heard of this, uh, uh, Tiffany. It's fairly recent. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. and uh, the Children's uh, Defense League uh, fund uh, organization, uh, they actually brought the FCC to appeals court. And in the F- what the FCC did recently was they had said the standards for protecting people were fine. So they approved those standards that were 30 years old. And uh, John Kennedy actually said, oh, no, you have not looked at the research. And sure enough, the uh, courts of appeal said, you're right, they didn't look at it. So the, the standard that they're now being told they have to look at again was over 30 years old. And what they did was they took a military soldier they modeled that soldier, six foot male, and they said, we're not going to allow the heat of a cell phone to be more than two degrees. Now you know why it's two degrees. It's a microwave signal, right? And so it prevents any further heating up of a six foot male by two degrees at 1.6 watts. It doesn't allow the cell phone signal, that omnidirectional signal going in all directions to go in more than one to two inches into the head of a six foot male. Well, the Kennedy, uh, his argument was that, that represents about 3% of the market that's using it. How about children? How about teenagers? How about uh, women's heads? They're all different. So they model 3% of the population. Yet today, you're giving your grandchild a cell phone and saying, talk to your mother, uh, you know, talk to your grandmother. And that signal to a six-year-old child goes right through their head not one to two inches, all the way through their head. And and that's why there's concern about RF signals and their impact of the human, because this is the first time in, in memory of us being exposed with devices so close to our bodies that it may jeopardize our health as a result of using that technology. 
Yeah, it, I have so many things to say on that. So based on what you just said about being close to your body. So I, with the iPhone 7 in their product guide, in the fine print, it said to keep your phone 0.2 inches away from your body. Oh, yeah. So I thought, well, that was an iPhone 7, not quite as powerful as the new 12. So what does the 12 say? So I went, got my box last night, looked at it. And of course, now you have to look everything online. So they have a little bit of information and then they say to use the, the user guide online. So I go to the user guide and there's no information about it being on your body. So it doesn't say anything like it used to, but it did say to reduce exposure to RF energy, use a hands-free option such as the built-in speakerphone, headphones, or other similar accessories. And that's basically all it says. So it doesn't really talk you through other ways to, you know, what you're not, you know, not keeping it on your person. It doesn't mention that. So I thought that was very interesting. They've now somehow removed that option. Yeah, they typically are required to identify the distance. And most cell phone manufacturers talk about about a quarter of an inch to three quarters of an inch away. That's the way they recommend using it. But no one uses it that way, right? Everyone uses it right on their head. They put it right in their pocket. It's misleading. And those standards were created so many years ago. And we know better that these technologies that are being used the way they are can disrupt. And I'll give you an example. You, you you know the AirPods. They're these devices that go into your ear, right? Yes, they're not uh, allowed in my house. That's one thing I have to veto. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to tell you why. They use Bluetooth uh, to communicate with the cell phone. And now that you know a cell phone transmits 1.6 watts, a Bluetooth is dot three watts. It's like five times less power level than a cell phone. There's some studies that were done years ago that look at a signal outside of the head and look for a change in a cell, in a frontal lobe cell. And at that one watts, you can mutate a cell. In other words, 15 times less the power level than a cell phone can disrupt the cell. That's one third the power level of Bluetooth. So think of this. You have these earphones on and they talk to each other, some of these devices, right through your head. And, and so like you're using devices that are three times more powerful than known influence of, of, of mutating a cell. So you're right. You do not want anybody in your family using that. It's just a precautionary measure. You know, you have the technology around you, but do you have to use them in your ear? No, there's lots of other ways of trying to work around these technologies and maybe find it more safe. So using it up to your ears, the worst way to use the phone. Yeah. And then right. would you say the AirPods are the second? No, I would no. not use AirPods. And then, so I have, I have these. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, these. right. Okay. So I just want to show these to, to people if, if you're, you know, I mean, you can also use speakerphone for sure, but if you needed some type of wired headphones, these are from Defender Shield, and I'll tell you why I love them. And we're gonna, you can talk about why the air tubes are helpful. And I'll tell you something that's so interesting about these. These act like noise canceling, like a noise canceling headset. It's amazing. I use them on, well, when I flew, I use them on the plane. They really block out all the noise. I mean, they're truly impressive. I love them. So, anyway, so why air tube? What does that do? 
So let, let's, one of the rules of thumb first, let's talk about it. Then we'll talk a little bit about distances. It, when it's right up to your head, as you pointed out, that's probably the most dangerous potentially to the human body or to the brain itself. If you take it one to two feet away, 80% of the danger is gone just by that little bit of distance. By four feet, it's 98%. In other words, it doesn't affect you at all, practically speaking. So the idea of using a phone to the head is sort of like the worst condition. Putting it in your hand two foot away or more and using speakerphone is like much better than putting it against the head. And if you really want to be safe and eliminate all those electronics, get earphones. That's even better. But typical earphones have wires running up to the ear and electricity is running through, signals are running through, and there's leakage of those emissions around the head, which is really not what you want. So as you are pointing out, we have a set of earphones. I take the signal and I convert the signal to a little tiny speaker in the, in the wire. And then I use a tube for acoustical link to the ear. And so all of it is, is um, noise. It's sound that's coming through and there's no electronics going to the head. So there's none. And that's, of course, the best you can have. That's amazing. It's like, what was that little game back in, you know, the tin can at the window? It's kind of, yeah, they're great. I have so many things I want to talk about. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about the 5G because, you know, it's, what is it? Is it's, it's less waves, less, but more power. So you can have a, I'm watching the towers go up all over as I drive around and I took a long road trip and wow, do I see a lot. And I also was moving. And so when I moved, I was looking around to see where, if I could see any towers, because I don't want to live near if I can avoid it, right? If I can see them, I don't want to live there. You don't want Um, to live there. And something that also is happening is they can be put up. Like if you're a homeowner, okay, you're not going to put it on your front lawn, but on the city side of the street, which could be directly in front of your home, they can put a cell phone tower. And I've seen them, 5G towers right there. And, you know, they're, they're only, I don't know what they call it. What are the, the block, the rectangular signal called, you know, because this only has two, one on each side, but then you'll see like the big. They hide them. They, under, uh, underneath those, they hide m- many transmitters, uh, antenna oh, okay. around. They hide a bunch. So you can't see them, but they're there. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, when we were starting before, we, we talked about there's nothing really that's really deployed. That's very much different than we have. Right. What right. you see. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about that. Right. So the the cell towers you see today um, are, are really the lower end, but they're adding new trans uh, antennas to your area. So there's just more of the same, which is not necessarily a good thing. But if you stay a bit away from them, you're, you're pretty safe. If you stay really close, you're not so safe. So you really do want to try to when you plan. Let me read you something. So there was a tower um, that they just put up, not near home. It's kind of in this median between a a large street here in Los Angeles. And I stopped the car and got out right in the middle of the street so I could take a picture of the, I saw this notice for those that can watch. There's this warning notice. And it says, this is on the tower, on on the pole of the tower. Beyond this point, 
you are entering a controlled area where RF emissions may exceed the FCC general population exposure limits. Oh, what? Right. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Well, they're, they're, those transmitters are 40 watts. You know, you've heard me use that word before. A cell phone is 1.6 watts. Those are transmitted at 40 watts. If you were right next to it for very long, prolonged periods of times, you're three, four times more likely to have serious concerns, cancers. There's, we know a lot about being close to those 40-watt towers. And you really want to avoid that. And that's what they're saying. You need to avoid it. But the, the one you're really concerned about is if you see one every 750 feet. If you see a tower every 750 feet and they're not really high up, they're like on a telephone pole, yes. uh, on a, a light post, those are the ones that are the 5G at 23 or 60 gigahertz. Those are the ones that are going to be transmitting at 40 watts right next to your house. And the way they get the signal 750 feet is because they're giving you a lot of power to get it there. Right. Well, that's what's coming. If you think about, well, here in California, you know, they want to do, you know, full electric cars, which I've always been a proponent of being a green girl, right? You know, electric cars and smart cars and, you know, driverless cars. Now, their only way to have a driverless vehicle, my guess, is would to be have a very strong kind of 5G powerful signal, right? Because you're going to have all these cars on the road. So is that where we're headed? And are we ready for that? Let's talk about that a little bit, because when you increase a power, a a cell phone, a 1.6 watt cell phone signal can go as much as five miles. And the reason it can go that far is because the frequency rate is one gigahertz, not really, really fast relative to the spectrum. When you get into the 23 gigahertz, they can't go anywhere. They, 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 They only go really, really short space. And that's why they increase the power levels. So believe it or not, the, the 5G you see in LA uh, on the, on, along the highways are, are really, are they're, they're 600 megahertz. They're, they're, they're really low stuff. And they're, they're using that signal to move cars and you know control cars remotely. That, that's how they're doing it. Um, so you're somewhat safe. It's Really, if you're going to be concerned, it's when you see the cell tower ever 750 feet, because now you know the power levels are much higher, and they're looking to do wireless service to your house and eliminate all your cables and have the Internet of Things talking to everything else around your house to the next neighbor's house. Yes. So the smart house, which, okay, I'm not for the smart house. When I go to, I have a friend who has a smart house and it's super convenient. It's very Jetsons like, and you got to love that. But I tell you, if I don't sleep the worst, I do not sleep through the night. I wake up multiple times. I wake up super tired. It's really the worst. And uh, and they sleep bad and they're, you know, they're taking all, you know, whatever melatonin or Lunesta and things to sleep. And it's, it's the smart house. There's no doubt in my mind. And so I, um, I also have some harmonizers, which I'm curious to know what you think about those. And I tell you, I, with and without a complete difference, like night and day. And I know some are probably better than others. If you believe in them at all, I don't know that you do. (laughs) With smart homes that are using RF signals to control various aspects of the control within the house, there's an elevated ambient 
there's more of the stuff in the air. And so it, it tends to have a little bit more potential for electric hypersensitivity. You, the human body's never really seen this stuff before. And all of a sudden it's being inundated with RF signals that really doesn't know what to do with it. I'm uh, sort of going to jump to a, 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 an important point. Your bedroom is a sanctuary and you're not sleeping at night. There is no question that there's a direct correlation between your ambient RF signal within your household that is disrupting your sleep, disrupting from many different levels. A blue light, for example, when you're looking at a, a tablet at night, there's blue light coming into your eye. Your eye naturally mm-hmm. looks for light. And when there's a lack of light, little things go on inside your head and you fall asleep. Well, what's really happening? Blue light is a primary control, which is looking to the switch, the the cryptochrome protein that's behind the back of the eye. And it's the little switch that turns the melatonin on and off. And when you're looking at a blue light on a screen, it's not letting the melatonin turn on because it thinks it's still day. So the first mistake you make, if you don't stop within two hours of wanting to go to bed, your melatonin hasn't been activated enough for you to have a a restful sleep, a circadian rhythm sleep in which you're going to bed and waking up and repairing all the things that you want to be doing. So it's a sanctuary where you do not want cell phones in your bedroom. You do not want Wi-Fi. In fact, if the Wi-Fi is, should never be in a bedroom, but if, if it's even outside, get a little timer, turn it off at night. And so there's no RF signal being transmitted from that. And you'll find there's an impact. I, I, I had a podcast with a really, really bright lady one time. And I, and I said to her, you know, your bedroom's a sanctuary, you know, don't, don't have any of this stuff in there. And she was being very polite with me and said, yo, thank you so much for your, your coaching. Uh, she didn't believe a word I was saying. And what she did was she just said, well, maybe we'll try it. She took the cell phones out. Her husband had one. She had one. They, they moved all the electronics away from you. And they called me about two weeks later and said, we are sleeping at night. It is influential to the melatonin. It is influential to your sleeping pattern. And it is really important that you pay attention to making sure that environment that you have within your bedroom is clean of as much of the RF signals you can have. And it's easy to do. Just take that tablet, turn it off, get that cell phone out of the room. Anything that transmits a a signal, just turn them off or get it out of the room. Yes, it's good advice. So many people use their cell phone as their alarm clock. Um, oh, they my, our not. cell phones are not in our room. My my phone, you know, you can actually turn the blue light off. Yes. You know, I, I have it shut off by 9 p.m. Which is the way to do uh, it. Right. And then what really uh, kind of makes me, it's not even funny though, is friends who can't sleep get some kind of sleep app and then they use it under their pillow to see why, you know, to kind of you know, figure out their circadian rhythm or whatever they're doing. Right. But it, it, not even thinking that it's the phone that's the core of the issue. Right. It's just like humorous. Yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't take much. It really, truly doesn't take much of of in, influence. And it, and it's science still doesn't know all the mechanics of why it's disruptive. But some of the clinics I work with see the eye as a source to the brain that's disruptive and the ear. 
becomes because it's so close and channeled into the uh, brain so closely through the pineal that they they really those are the it's not just the light it's the uh, RF emissions that are finding pathways into the brain and it disrupts sleep. Yes, and it does a lot of other things that we really didn't talk about. So we're talking about all all of this, but there's, you know, simple things like sleep or some people having skin rashes or there's, I mean, the list goes on and on. And there's even the additional EMF sensitivity where people really can't even be around it at all. It just affects them so greatly. But what are some of, you know, I know that there's talk about obviously cancer, you know, the list goes on and on, uh, some of the side effects from it. What are some of the other things that you've come across? So, so Tiffany, a, a wonderful question. I love to talk about it. I don't really believe that you should be worrying about cancer from cell phones or RF signals from a Wi-Fi. There is a very, very small percentage of those who are exposed that sadly have that, especially cell phones on the breast. I mean, there's there's research and shows that the direct correlation but by and large, that's not that often. You've heard of very famous people dying from cell phones in the frontal lobe with cancers, very well-known people, right? But most of the time, that's not the problem. In fact, it's more of the electric hypersensitivity that you just referred to. Something like mm. as many as 20% of us are electric hypersensitive, depending on research you look at. And of that, Believe it or not, Tiffany, 80% of women, more women are, are disrupted by the RF environment or the ambient in, in room than men are. And there is clear linked evidence that it's neurological impacts, psychological, tingling in, in your hands, tendonitis in your ears. Uh, you may be having memory problems which are concussion-like symptoms. Maybe you're getting depressed. Maybe just simply headaches. There are a lot of like stuff that happens to us far beyond cancers that are more disruptive for the average person than the cancer will ever be. And so we really know that it can get very serious, but we really should be aware that the headache you have could be from the router right next to your head while you're working all day, uh, simply by moving the router away from it a little bit, it's the headache goes away. I had a a, a, a clinic that I, I was talking to the clinic head, and he was telling me how this person was working on a monitor all the time, had her eyes were always dry. And I said, "Well, what do you think it's from?" And he said, "Well, we don't really know. I, you know, I I wet her eyes every so often, and she gets better." I said, well, here, I'm going to send you a pair of glasses. I sent them a blue light glasses we have. Within two hours, her eyes, which were for 10 years dry, were wet again. It was the blue light signal that was creating the problem, not some other trigger. And that's you need to look at. What are the triggers in your, uh, in your life that may be influencing your health? It's amazing. And some people never even correlate it. So no, it is a big deal. Do. And I, he, he was a doctor. That's very common. I find that more often than not. It's always amazing <laughs> right. to me. Right. They and, and so with the blue light glasses. So I did notice from when I met you, when you first kind of emerged from the products, you've really expanded on your products. So oh there's goodness, quite a man. few things to choose from now, which is very exciting. Yep. 
I got to tell you, one of the things, you know, you were talking about uh, 5G, right? I've been worried about 5G in a sense from a shielding perspective, probably for the last five years, because there is no real technologies that can shield above 10 to 20 gigahertz. And the ones we were talking about that may be the more concerning is the stuff at 23 gigahertz up to 300 gigahertz, right? And so I actually spent, uh, and the team spent the last several years developing shielding technologies for when we have these higher speeds. And uh, one of the things I'm just really excited about is that our product line has expanded and expanded and lots of fun things going on, but we now actually can shield 5G up to 90 gigahertz. I haven't gotten 300 yet because it's another scientific problem, but but I, I've gotten to 90 gigahertz. And that's really, really exciting for us because I'm trying to stay just a little bit above, uh, in front of the technologies so we can continue to defend ourselves. If you choose to find ways of protecting yourself, I'm trying to find ways of doing that. And so we now have, oh, I got to tell you. So I, we, we were talking about sleep, right? Well, one of the, it's not just blue light, but ambient penetrates through the eye when you're sleeping, right through your uh, eyelids, and it goes right to the brain. And so I now have a, a mask that you can wear at night, just like it looks like a standard mask, but it actually has shielding inside that doesn't allow the RF signals to come inside your, your head. So that's kind of stuff I'm just really excited about. But then I also have the 5G, which is as these technologies that deployed in technologies, we have shielding for that. Another thing that we were also working on, which we're going to about announce, oh, actually, I had it at a conference recently. I talk about the 80% women with electric hypersensitivity. And as you pointed out, you go to a doctor, no one cares. They don't think it's real. And so probably for the last eight years or so, I have a trusted medical and advisory board of clinicians and biochemists, all sorts of skill sets. And we've been actually looking at supplements that are being crafted for the electric hypersensitive. Um, and so another part of what we're doing is not only you knew me when I had one product, this is now we're trying to bring a whole suite of things to help people in this new environment because our bodies are still trying to figure out what to do with it. And it's just ever growing. I I yep. mean, I can just talk to you. There's so many more things I want to ask, but I do <laughs> want to cover a few things. Defender Shield is a line of uh, that's what it, what's in the name. It shields you. It protects you from these harmful frequencies that we've been talking about this whole time. And I, you know, I use them myself. I have, in fact, you know, here I have this one here. I actually have the the cardboard label on top of it still because I was going to do a little video about it. So everything I use, I bring to a kinesiologist. My and he tests everything. So it's muscle testing. It's you know, biomechanical process for your body. And, you know, everybody's body's different. So some things that test well for you might not test well for me and so on. But this Defender Shield laptop pad tested so well, he was so impressed with it. That's a big deal because he's not impressed with a lot of things out there. <laughs> he wanted one. So I sold it to him <laughs> and bought another one. But that really said a lot to me. 
And so I, for people out there, you know, this is not about just, you know, going and buying a bunch of products, even though they're great products. And if you are looking for a product to help shield yourself, these are definitely the products from D- Defender Shield. I, I highly recommend them. I have the iPad case. I have the um, air, the headphones with the air tubes and I have the, the and I've gotten them as gifts. Too. They're great gifts. You know, my brother would sit with his laptop on his lap. But what can we do? What are some things, you know, what are three things that I can start like that we could take away that we can do without having to buy anything just to protect ourselves? You know, for one, like for sure, what we were talking about is nothing in the bedroom. Keep your cell phone out of no. your bedroom. Where Where is your router positioned in your house? Can you turn it off at night? Now, I have a problem with that because... The router, it's now, so we had DirecTV and we moved now and we have YouTube TV. So that is an internet TV, which I don't want and it's in the bedroom. But if you turn it off, it like, you have to recalibrate everything. It's so, so we don't turn it off. So that's a problem. And then for mine, third one was I would just be very mindful and aware of where cell phone towers are. I mean, because if you're going to be a homeowner, if you, you know, if there's a cell phone tower on your front lawn, you know, maybe that's not the place to buy, (laughs) you know, maybe find something else. Because when we were looking for apartments, I found this huge cell phone tower, you know, like a couple blocks away. And I know that's still a decent amount, but I just, I didn't want to be near it. So I chose a different place. So those were kind of my, you know, thoughts. What, what are some of yours? That so so Tiffany, um, we, we've danced around uh, several different kinds of things so far, but here's a good rule of thumb. A one B won't kill you a thousand will. In other words, turn stuff off. A cell phone, you may have a Wi-Fi connection, a Bluetooth transmitter, and a cell phone transmitter. I only use my cell phone because that's what I use it for to make a call. I turn off those other transmitters. So I had three Bs down to one B. I've reduced the Mm -hmm. ambient within my room simply by doing that. When you can, from your router, don't use the Wi-Fi signal, plug in the back an Ethernet cord and connect to the TV with an Ethernet cord. Eliminate that Wi-Fi transmitter from your environment. And and if you're not using a laptop or a tablet that's using the Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, turn them off. In general, distance is your friend. And we talked about that. Uh, anything directly to the head, four foot away, 98's gone. Duration. If, if you're using a cell phone and you're using it for a couple of minutes a day, you don't need anything. You're, you're perfectly fine. There's, there's unlikely any real concerns or dangers that you're you're exposed to when you have low time intervals of exposure. So time's your friend. You have distance of time. And if you manage those things, you don't need any devices. Uh, you can be pretty safe in this modern environment. It's when you choose to bring stuff more close that it becomes a bit more. And that's when you may want to think about shielding. And you have a variety of different kinds of shielding that you use, which is my choice. I wouldn't. You. I wouldn't put a cell phone to my head. When I worked in Bell Labs, I was working with a guy who was an expert in the space. And when cell phones first came out, I'm not going to tell you when they came out. Um, he wouldn't use a cell phone because he was an RF specialist, and he was just concerned what the impact would be. That's over thirty some odd years ago. His concerns were well founded. But if you don't turn them on, they can't hurt you. If you use it for a short period of time. They really won't disrupt very much. 
And if you're doing something, you can take actions to to minimize it by finding an intervention shielding or, or other devices you may choose. Um, that's a good thing. So reduce the number of bees in the room and you'll be safe. Don't worry about it. Be outside your environment, outside your room, because there's really nothing you can do much about it. And as you said before, make sure when you choose your home that there's no 10,000 volt wires running in front of the, in the back of the backyard and that there's no cell phone towers. Uh, minimizing those kinds of exposures do a lot to keep you safe. Absolutely. We didn't even get into now when you mentioned the, the, the electrical wires, because that was something of concern of mine too. And and smart meters, my meter here is analog. That might be another, I'm going to have to have you come back, Dan. You want to come back and have another talk? I'll <laughs> we'll call, have a part we will. two. Yeah, that's no problem at all. Uh, no there's so much, to, there is. so much like to people, talk about. Pe- people panic about these meters, these smart meters. Well, if, if it's on the side of your garage and your bedroom is 40 feet away, what are you panicking about? Distance is your friend. It's only when that meter is right on your bedroom out of wall that you got to move the bed because yes, that's a concern. But most of the time you're okay. Most houses are okay. Well, that's good to know. So we'll we'll talk about that more. We want to <laughs> not keep our cell phone necessarily on our person, right? Maybe in a back pocket. Right. Don't keep it in your front pocket. Yeah, do not put it in your back pocket. When I wrote the book- not in your um, back pocket. Yeah, you do not want any back pocket. I, I wrote it and I had probably he was the the the, the best expert in the country on RF uh, x-rays. And I wrote and I said, you can mutate a cell. You can have a 12-year-old girl put a cell phone in her pocket and, and that influences an egg of that child. 10 years later, she has a mutated cell within the within the cell. Uh, and uh, she has a problem when she has children. He said, nah, that can't happen. I said, well, it's science. Uh, it potentially can, not that it will. And a couple of years later, he calls me up and he says, I had a woman, technology savvy woman that had a stillborn. And the first thing I found was the mutated cells that were so rare that, and there were multiple and the probability of that being the case was almost zero. So he said, it may be true that what you say in your book about the influence may be true. If you don't really believe me, just take a precautionary measure. Don't put it in your pocket and you'll be fine. That's good. And don't put it in your bra and don't buy a bra that has a pocket for your cell phone just because it's available <laughs> on the market. I just can't, right. it should be completely not allowed. Um, right. So we are talking to Daniel Devon of Defender Shield, and this is a very strong topic. Uh, I, I have a little bit of a challenge in my household with my guy because he, he goes along with what I'm doing, but he's not necessarily fully on board. So I can't wait till he listens to this podcast. Um, <laughs> you can go to defendershield.com. There's, you can learn more. There's lots of information there, lots of products. If you're interested, um, we will be offering a GWT 10 for a 10% discount. If you're a first time user, if you go to their website, they give you 15%. I couldn't get it beat. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can get a discount there and it's definitely worth it. Even if it's just like the laptop shield is like, I think one of the greatest things. So Dan, you were in telecommunications and I think it's so interesting that you've kind of like jumped ship and, and came onto this other side, but what you learned there, you probably wouldn't have been able to create these amazing products if you didn't know yeah. what you knew 
with the right. the guy the fundamentals that you learned on that side. So, you know, what made you choose to care? Because that's what Green with Tiffany is all about. So, what made you choose to care to kind of s- switch over and move in this direction and educate people? Well, I told you the story about my wife, right, and saying that yes. this is a problem, right, and and when I when I, when I realized that my sons were using something that could potentially be harmful to their bodies, I thought of my thought to myself, we're not victims, you know. There's things we can do. We just need to know what they are, and so that actually started the starting point. The the book Radiation Nation that I wrote, it was out of frustration that I knew there was so much science and research that showed clear evidence, causal effect, but none of us knew it. And so for me, it was, let's get people to understand the environment and its evolution and sort of figure out what we want to do based on knowledge, not naivety. And that's the simple driver for me was like, we got to educate people about this stuff. And I happen to know a lot about it. And that was my motivation. It's perfect. And that's such a, a great example of w- what I I try to do with Green with Tiffany. There are solutions out there. There are ways yeah. for, you know, a whole slew of different things, but we just don't know. Right. And yeah. so I want people to know. And so when I find incredible people like yourself, I want to share that information with everybody. So thank you for your time. And thank you for being part of the Green with Tiffany community. Please definitely subscribe and join us. And we'll be here with you next week. And we're going to bring Daniel back again to continue the conversation because really there's just a lot more to talk about. We'll talk about kids. You can talk about, we mentioned the smart meters and, and the future and what that holds on how to protect ourselves in our beautiful modern world that has given us so much. And that's my little chihuahua in the background, if you can hear her <laughs> making a little bit of noise. So on that note, have a great day, Daniel. And thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Defender Shield, everybody. Try it. Thanks so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. You can find me at greenwithtiffany.com and on Instagram. Till next time, choose to care.